And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget noise this weekend. Brian Kilmeade and I on stage. Well, he'll be sharing my limelight. Go to 953mnc.com. You can get your tickets there. You can also go to thelearner.com. Or if you feel fancy, you can stop by the Learner box office and pick up your tickets there. VIP sold out, but you can get general admission. Um, basically, I think what ends up happening is if they sell a certain amount, they just reopen another section. I think it's kind of how that, that goes. So I think we're flexible on the general admission stuff. Um, but I also have a post at theburningtruth.us. If you go there, it's what should Brian Kilmeade and I talk about? And basically, I have to come up with the topics. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to turn it over to all of you. Make them legitimate topics, please. Don't be giving me like, did Brian Kilmeade and, and you know, why does he like so-and-so on Fox News? I, that's not going to be beneficial. Give us actual topics. So things to discuss, and I'll hand those over to the powers that be, and then they'll decide which ones get, get brought up. But the more suggestions for topics that we have from you all, the better. So go to theburningtruth.us, click on that post, and just in the comments section, just let us know what you're looking uh, you're looking for us to talk about. And that, I'll pass that on to the powers that be, and, and uh, hopefully it will be picked as a potential topic. You never know. All right, so we were just talking about the Let's Go Brandon thing at the uh, Notre Dame game. So let's talk about NASCAR. So NASCAR, like pretty much everybody else except for the UFC and what, maybe hockey. Hockey still kind of got a little sideways and wonky with the woke stuff. But MMA, no. And in fact, just over the weekend, too, uh, there was another big fight. And right there, man, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Very loud, let's go, Brandon. Uh, Dana White was interviewed about this over the weekend, before or after the fight. I don't know which one. And he's like, look, we're not woke at the UFC at all. Uh, and that makes, makes perfect sense. So NASCAR. NASCAR has, Josh is a sports guy, NASCAR has what you would call um, a type of customer, right? Okay. Now, that type is, it's a little flexible, but generally speaking, that, that type tends to, tends to lean a certain way politically, tends to enjoy certain, certain aspects of Americana. They tend to be gun-toting, beer-drinking, right? Tend to be. Not always, but tend to be. Tend to love America, Okay. Also, they tend to like, they like fun. Let's be honest. NASCAR fans are rowdy, right? They are the fun kind of rowdy, not the Philadelphia Eagles kind of rowdy where you don't want to hang out with them and they embarrass their whole family, but the fun kind of rowdy. You want to hang out with NASCAR fans. The reason that people rent these these, uh, RVs and travel around with NASCAR is because it's fun and there's a community that is built around it, which for the record is unlike any other sports community that I have ever seen as somebody who comes from a major NASCAR city. It is just, it's awe-inspiring when you actually see it. The, the amount of fun that they have. I know you think you have tailgating at Notre Dame. You don't. Your tailgating is amateur hour compared to what the NASCAR fans do. So this is, when you're NASCAR, you know who your customer base is. You know who your fan base is. You know exactly who they are. Why do you continue to flip them off if you're the NASCAR organization? Remember Noosegate? Yeah, the fake noose that wasn't a noose. 
Then you had some of the, the national anthem stuff. You had the defending a driver who lied about uh, hate crimes. You, you've got now this. NASCAR condemns Let's Go Brandon chats. Huh? Now, I want to just bear in mind, okay? Let's Go Brandon was created by NBC News. Nobody else created it. NBC News created Let's Go Brandon when one of their reporters lied on television about what chant was being chanted by the crowd as she was doing an interview. She's the one that made it up. She lied. I don't know why she lied. I don't know why she tried to cover up what was actually being heard on television. Not sure. Perhaps she was nervous that the 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 bad word was getting out on her broadcast. I don't know. But that wasn't going to make the bad word go away. She's the one that created Let's Go Brandon. And the world ran with it. I saw a meme, and it's honestly, this is probably one of the most accurate memes I've ever heard. The left is angry about Let's Go Brandon, not because they find it offensive, but because you're having fun, and they were in miserable terror for four years. They couldn't have fun when Trump was president. You're having fun. And they don't like that. That's why they're so angry. They're not offended by it. They're angry that you're having fun. So NASCAR, after everything else that they have done to alienate their their crowd, the NASCAR president, Steve Phelps, has threatened to sue those who use the Let's Go Brandon slogan on merchandise featuring the NASCAR's trademarks and has condemned the use of the slogan, claiming that NASCAR does not want to be associated with politics then stop associating yourself with politics. NASCAR doesn't want to be associated with politics, so let's just inject ourselves into a political discussion right now and force everybody to assume that we're taking sides in a political situation. There, here's the other thing, though. Right, well, hold on. Yeah, let, me just, let me just quote Phelps and, and the stupid, nonsensical argument that he's making here. Phelps said NASCAR will pursue action against any illegal use of its trademarks on merchandising, boasting the slogan... Retired baseball star Lenny Dykstra posted a photo on Twitter this week of a man eating breakfast at a New Jersey hotel wearing a black Let's Go Brandon shirt alongside NASCAR's trademarked colored bars. You know, here's there's a couple of things. One, you can't sue anybody over Well, you can sue. You're just not going to win. You're not going to be able to. I'll get to that here in a second. We will pursue whoever is using logos and get that stuff, Phelps said. No, you won't. He says, that's not okay. It's not okay that you're using our trademarks illegally. It's not illegal. Regardless of whether we agree with that position, with what the position is. Yeah, no, see, there's a problem with that. Hey, Josh, what do you call Let's Go Brandon graphics? Would that be under the meme category? Yeah, it would be under the meme category. Hey, Let's take a look at meme law, shall we? You see, the courts have already decided this because people have sued about this in in the past, right? Uh, It turns out, ladies and gentlemen, that memes are protected even if they use copyrighted material. You know why? Because it's commentary and it's considered fair use. Oh, oh, man. 
if only one of the many thousands of lawyers that NASCAR has on retainer would have gone to Mr. Phelps and said, yeah, actually, um, like, we, we can't sue anybody over this and win. But it's, it's nice to make the threat. Maybe they did because, you know, maybe there's some people out there who don't know enough about this who will say, well, I don't want to get sued, so I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, sorry. It's not how it works. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> um, the inter- an internet meme is a legal is in legal terms a derivative work, and usually copyright owner is the only party with the legal right to create a derivative work. There is a main work, often a photograph or a video that is extracted and altered in such a way to be used in different function that orig- than originally intended. Often this is for humor, but not always. Uh, so the rights of copyright owners are not exhaustive or absolute. If the person who makes the derivative work makes fair use of the copyrighted image, it is a defense to a claim of copyright infringement. And guess what? Fair use. <clears throat> Courts usually uh, to measure fair use by the following four areas, okay? The purpose and character of the use, including whether such use is of a commercial nature or is for nonprofit educational purposes, the nature of the copyrighted work, the amount and substantiality of the portion used in relation to the copyrighted work as a whole, and the effect of the use upon the potential market for or value of the copyrighted work. So anyway, basically, Law Dog goes on to basically say that, uh, yeah, it's, you know, basically memes are fair use. Now, if you have some companies out there making money with it, and there are some that are selling some of this NASCAR stuff, perhaps depending on how it is being used, maybe NASCAR can make a claim on some of it. Certainly not all of it. All you have to do is slightly change those colors. They can be the same lines. You just slightly change those colors and suddenly you're copyright free. Just like that. And if you go out there and you take a look for any of the NASCAR blank templates or anything else that are out there, there's, uh, there's varying colors that are on there. And it all kind of comes with which specific copyright and trademark does NASCAR actually have versus all of the different derivatives of it that are being used. And I'm telling you, some of them have gotten really creative in getting around that copyright, getting around using the official logo. And considering the the official logo is taking the word NASCAR completely out of it, it's just using the colored bars, it's going to be an extremely tough case for NASCAR to prove this stuff. But at the end of the day, all you're doing is you're sitting there and you are injecting yourself into the political discussion that you say you don't want to be a part of. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. And if NASCAR just wanted to let this die down, this is this is the best promotion, this is the best advertising campaign that NASCAR has probably had in a good 20 years. It's kind of like when the radio uh, the the you know musicians started suing the radio stations for copyright infringement even though nobody would sell any music unless they were played on the radio. You used to beg radio stations to play your music because that was the only way you would sell records or tickets to your show. And it is still that way. I know some of you go, well, streaming now. Nope. Streaming is, I think it's 10 to 15% maybe of music discovery. Happens on, on YouTube or streaming. It still almost exclusively happens on radio. Still, to this day. One day that'll change. But to this day, that's still where people get noticed. 
and all of these artists who want to sue radio, and they wouldn't be making any money if it weren't for radio. So it's kind of like that. Like NASCAR, you finally have some good faith among your fan base. Leave them alone. They're still promoting your brand. And we don't want to be associated with politics. Too bad. You are. And you've injected yourself into politics on a couple of different issues here recently, too. Just because that didn't work out with you, for you, I should say, because you did not go with your audience. That's the problem. So, yeah, good luck suing people on this because you're probably going to lose. More coming up. Newstalk 95. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right, shall we uh, dip into the Kyle Rittenhouse trial? Some interesting stuff happened today. By the way, I saw that you guys posted this on the Discord, too, for those of you on the live stream, so I appreciate that. There's a couple of observations here. One, the FBI was withholding evidence from the defense in Kyle Rittenhouse's case. And you have to ask yourself why. See our one and my 100% correct, factually accurate rant against the FBI. Now, Kyle Rittenhouse has been demonized by everybody except for a few, like myself, who actually knew what happened that night. How did we know what happened that night? Actually watched the videos. You know, this is the thing. There have been videos about what happened that night, lots of them, lots of them, since like the day of. You start watching the videos, you started to get an accurate picture of what took place. So I was listening to uh, um, Lauren Chen today. I like Lauren a lot. Um, Lauren Chen was talking about the Young Turks. Now, I don't care about the Young Turks. You don't care about the Young Turks. Almost nobody cares about the Young Turks. But left-wing group, they do left-wing news, streaming, that sort of thing. And the Young Turks have been demonizing Kyle Rittenhouse as a white supremacist who murdered three innocent people who just were standing up for black lives and everything else, right? We're at a point now where some of them on the Young Turks have started to change their opinion about Kyle Rittenhouse based on the evidence that was presented in the trial. And some of that evidence came directly from the prosecution. Now, here's the thing. The Kyle Rittenhouse trial is an indictment of the news media in this country. Once again, the news media lied to all of you. Just like they lied to you about the Covington Catholic story. They've lied to you about Trump-Russia collusion. They've lied to you about a whole host of other stories. The list is, is exponential. But the news media kept up this ruse for so long. How, I mean, gosh, even before Josh joined me. How long have you heard me saying, I am going to be drinking scotch and laughing hysterically at the tears of the people who are so sad that Kyle Rittenhouse gets off of the serious charges here. He may get off of the gun possession charge, by the way. But the fact of the matter is, He's not guilty of any heinous crime. He was attacked. They tried to kill him. He defended himself. Really is that simple. And when you have the news media, the day before the hearings start, 
making the same old debunked accusations against Kyle Rittenhouse and what happened that night. And then the prosecution charged with convicting, proving that Kyle Rittenhouse should be convicted, I should say. And they go out there in their opening arguments and immediately dispel all of the myths that the anti-freedom left has been propagating for these months against Kyle Rittenhouse. The prosecution did it. It is a complete and total indictment. So now what's happened is everybody in the media is like, well, you know, early reports said this, but we were wrong. Well, no, no. You made that stuff up. You're the ones that lied about him being a white supremacist. You're the ones that lied about Rosenbaum being, being an innocent victim here. You're the one that lied about all of these other scenarios. You're the ones that lied about uh, the, the attackers being unarmed. Those were all lies that the news media themselves fabricated on their own. They aren't reports that came from the ground because if you're the Washington Post and the Washington Post, because this new video came out, right? The Washington Post goes, well, this new revelation calls into question earlier reporting, including that of the Washington Post. Yeah, the problem is, is that we've had about a dozen videos that called into question that months ago, and you called those people conspiracy theorists. So I'm listening to Lauren Chen, and Lauren Chen is calling out uh, Anna Kasparian over at the Young Turks and saying, you know, it's kind of interesting that she's changing her position on this. I'm glad she's changing her position on this, but she's pretending the stuff that we've learned in this trial so far is new. None of it was new. It was all old information. It's all information that we have had for months. We've known that Kyle didn't bring that rifle across the the border. We've known that for an extended period of time. We knew that Rosenbaum attacked Kyle. We knew that Huber attacked Kyle. We knew that Grosscruz tried to shoot Kyle in the head. We knew all of that months ago. We knew that Kyle wasn't the first person to fire a gun. We knew that Kyle was just putting out fires and protecting people and businesses there. We knew that he wasn't seeking conflict. We knew that he tried to retreat and was attacked anyway by a mob of crazy people. We knew all of this because we've had the video for months. Anybody in the news media, anybody who has been repeating these false claims about Kyle Rittenhouse is a liar. Because they are either they were either withholding the truth from you or they were giving you information about a story which they could not bother themselves to go look at. Period. Anybody who published this stuff over the past several months that Kyle was guilty and all of these other things, every single one of them loses any and all credibility, period, end of story, because the information was already out there. Just like Covington Catholic, where we had a full debunking of the media narrative in less than 24 hours after that, and yet it continued for weeks. So what did uh, what did the survivor have to say? We'll talk about that coming up. 95.3 MNC. MNC News Time is 4.33. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. So Kyle Rittenhouse was attacked and he killed two rapists and one pedophile. He also shot another guy. That person testified. And what's interesting about the Grosskreutz story is <laughs> this guy is on video running up to Kyle Rittenhouse 
with his gun aimed at his head to try and shoot him in the head. And Kyle Rittenhouse prevented that by shooting him in the arm. And his arm went limp. And you can see the video. His arm went limp and he couldn't really hold the gun all that well anymore. I don't think he could squeeze the trigger. And he ran away. And so he testifies that he was not trying to shoot Rittenhouse. This guy has given several statements since that day that he wishes he had shot Kyle Rittenhouse. (laughs) He He said he tried to surrender to Kyle. And again, one of the funniest things about all of this is that it's all on tape. It's all on camera. The prosecution's opening statements were all for the defense for crying out loud. It was it was every single thing that was said in the opening statements by the prosecution basically debunked left-wing media narratives about Kyle Rittenhouse and what happened there and forced a bunch of retractions from the news media. Do you remember several months ago, I was just talking about this with a live stream, do you remember several months ago where I told you that there's a lot of people in this business who refuse to watch uncomfortable things. I've been telling you for my entire career, the media by and large is not inherently nefarious. They're just lazy. And there's a lot of that happening right now. I think the Washington post intentionally lied to you about Kyle Rittenhouse. I think CNN intentionally lied to you about Kyle Rittenhouse. I think places like the young Turks were too lazy to look up the truth. But there's a lot of people in the news media who don't want to see uncomfortable things. Part of doing this job, you're going to watch people get murdered. You have to watch the tape. You're going to watch people get raped. You have to watch the tape. You're going to watch people, including children and animals, getting horrendously abused. You're going to have to watch those tapes. It is a part of the gig. It's kind of like, and I'm not trying to compare the professions, I'm just comparing this aspect. It's kind of like becoming a first responder and not ever wanting to be the first on the scene because you don't want to see anything uncomfortable or gory. It doesn't work that way. You're going to be an EMS, you're going to be a firefighter, you're going to be a police officer, you're going to see some ugly stuff. It's just going to happen. If you don't want to, this is not the job for you. And several months ago... I went on, I don't know, maybe half an hour. might have been more than that. I wish I knew which episode it was. I went on a bit of a tear. And I don't think I told a lot of you why. But part of the reason why was this case. Because people I know in the media refused to watch the videos of Kyle Rittenhouse and what happened to him that night. Because it's uncomfortable. They don't want to see somebody get shot. They don't want to see people get killed. They don't want to see people get beaten unconscious. They don't want to see an arm turned into basically a slab of raw beef jerky. They don't want to see that because it's uncomfortable and it's gross. And it is. But it's part of the job. And if you don't want to watch that stuff, that's fine. 
Don't comment on it. But it's amazing how many people I've seen at major networks and newspapers and local media outlets who commented on this case just up to a few days ago. And everything they have said about it was incorrect and verifiably so from the videos that you could watch of what happened. But they didn't want to watch those videos because they're uncomfortable. That's the issue. The news media, for the most part, is inherently lazy. I've been telling you this for a long time. And if you want to be lazy, all right, just don't comment on things that you refuse to dig in, dig into. If you don't want to learn anything about the Kyle Rittenhouse situation, fine. Keep your mouth shut. Don't post anything about it. Don't talk about it on the air. Don't write articles about it. Don't do any of that. Stay away from it and just cover it from afar and only repeat what other people who are covering it are saying. There's no reason for you to mouth off about it if you refuse to look at the evidence. And as I said back then, I will make this suggestion now, particularly local television news in this area. If you are too squeamish to watch uncomfortable things, this is not the job for you. I'm going to say this again. If you are too squeamish to look at uncomfortable things, this is not the job for you. Get out now. Unfortunately, people won't take that advice. And you know who you are. A lot of local people. You know who you are. This guy, Gage Grosskreutz, who was shot in the arm by Kyle Rittenhouse, was running up to him with a gun pointed at Rittenhouse's head, which is why Rittenhouse shot him. And he's claiming that he was surrendering to Rittenhouse, which for the record contradicts what the prosecution already told everybody he was doing at the time that he was shot in the arm. So even the state's witness is contradicting the state's case, which contradicts the video evidence. It is one of the most bizarre things that I have ever seen in my entire life. There has never been a more foobar murder trial in the history of murder trials that I have ever seen than this one. He was trying to surrender to Rittenhouse. Watch the video. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Especially for those of you in the news media. You don't want to watch the video because you don't want to see somebody's arm get exploded. I, I get it. It's ugly. Super ugly. It's a gross video. And you don't want to see it. So you're just going to pretend like Gross Cruz is telling the truth. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Uh, for those of you who are kind of curious, the one thing that may be legal trouble for Kyle is the uh, him possessing the firearm out and about while being 17 years old. Um, there's a thing, though. His defense attorneys think that they can get him off of that charge, too. Uh, there is some, some laws in Wisconsin that allow a 17-year-old to carry a rifle in certain circumstances, 
Um, and he may he may fit into those categories. And if that is true, they might even be able to get him off of that charge, which right now is the only legitimate charge in this entire case, that he was 17, he was carrying a rifle out on the street, uh, and generally speaking, you're not supposed to do that. But there are laws on the books in the state of Wisconsin that do allow 17-year-olds to have those rifles out and about. And so his defense attorney seemed to think that he might fit into some of those categories, those subcategories in that law, which would allow him to actually be in possession of that rifle on the street, even though Kyle Rittenhouse is only 17 at the time. Only only time's going to going to let us know what we'll find out as we continue to cover the trial but it has been a disaster and state's witnesses are are lying on the stand contradicting the the prosecution and the prosecution and the state's witnesses are all contradicting the actual video evidence and watching everybody who has been lying about Kyle Rittenhouse or has been too lazy to look up the facts all of a sudden go wait a minute I might be changing my mind on this holy smokes I didn't realize that this was this was uh, going down this way It just tells you the sad state of our media when they will completely and totally lie to you about all of these things. Hey, coming up in the next hour, hey, Josh, it's the fart heard round the world. We now have an origin story for Joe Biden pooping his pants at the climate summit. Talk about that next.